All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Next Generation. I'm your host, Jenna Norman. I'm coming to you from New York. It is dreary and cold and wet, as usual, um, for this time of year. But man, it would be nice to just see a little bit of sunshine. But at least at least it's not snowing. So we'll, I'll take it. As long as there's no white stuff, I'm good. Um, I just want to say, you guys, I'm so grateful and humbled that you all listen to me. The amount of views and downloads I've gotten on this podcast is shocking to me. I didn't really think there would be a lot of people that would want to um, want to listen to me talk and hear my opinion. But um, thank you. Uh, I do this for my therapy, for myself. I know I'm not doing this to become famous or to be some sort of big deal podcaster. I have a job that I enjoy very much. Um, but I do this for me. I love to talk about the news and politics. And of course, I love to give my opinion on it. Um, with all that being said, I don't have an agenda here other to other than to inform you guys about what's going on in the world, especially news about the pharmaceutical companies and healthcare and stuff like that, because you're not going to get that on you know the, the mainstream media. Um, and I also like to complain about it all. So there's that. Um, I consider myself a constitutionalist, um, an independent, a Christian. I don't consider myself a Republican, although I am registered Republican, so I can vote in the primary. But I don't consider myself a Republican. I honestly don't even consider myself really a conservative anymore because that word has basically been destroyed. Um, but I do believe DeSantis is our best choice. That's why I talk a lot about you know what Trump and DeSantis are doing, and plus we're coming up on election year, so you're going to get a lot of politics from me, and I'm going to throw in other stuff here and there. But I just wanted to thank you guys for listening. I really, um, I really appreciate it. It means a lot to me. So today we're going to talk about um, Ken Paxton is suing Pfizer. We're going to talk about masks again. Um, I actually haven't talked about that on the podcast yet, but we're going to talk about masks today. Um, I hate them. Uh, Peter Hotez talking about disease X that's upon us. Um, I've got some big news on Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, obviously going to talk about the debate between Newsom and DeSantis that happened Thursday night. And then also I've got quite a bit of Trump and MAGA news to talk about. So anyway, let's um let is let's uh jump right in. Let's talk about Texas attorney Ken Paxton. So he's suing Pfizer. Um I talked about this last week or I talked last week about him suing Pfizer over the adulterated ADD meds for children. But now he's suing Pfizer over misrepresenting the COVID-19 vaccine efficiency and conspiring to censor public discourse. Um, he's on a roll. He's also suing Media Matters for potential fraudulent activity. Elon Musk is also suing Media Matters. Um, that's a whole different thing. But um, Paxson also just appealed a decision allowing Biden and Alejandro Mayorkas to continue to destroy the Texas border. Um, but now, so he's doing all these lawsuits and most of them are against big pharma and big corporations. And now you know why that they, uh, why they impeached him three weeks after Paxton announced he was investigating Pfizer, they impeached him. So, you know, there you go. Uh, um, so Ken Paxton has, this on Twitter says, breaking, I'm suing Pfizer for misrepresenting COVID-19 vaccine efficiency and conspiring to censor public discourse. Um, Ken Paxton has sued Pfizer for unlawfully misrepresenting the effectiveness of the COVID-19 vaccine and attempting to censor discussion of the product. Pfizer engaged in false, deceptive, and misleading acts and practices by making unsupported claims regarding the company's COVID-19 vaccine in violation of the Texas Deceptive Trade Practices Act. The pharmaceutical company's widespread representation that its vaccine possessed 95% efficiency against the infection was highly misleading. That metric represented a calculation of the so-called relative risk reduction for vaccinated individuals in Pfizer's initial two-month clinical trial results. FDA publications indicate 
relative risk reduction is a misleading statistic that unduly influences consumer choice. Pfizer was also put on notice at that time that the vaccine protection could not accurately be predicted beyond two months. Nevertheless, information that undermined its claims about the duration of protection. Oops, sorry, I messed that up. Nevertheless, Pfizer uh, fostered this this um, font is really small. So nevertheless, Pfizer fostered a misleading impression that the vaccine protection was durable and withheld from the public information that undermined its claims about the duration of protection. And despite the fact that its clinical trial failed to measure whether the vaccine protects against transmission, Pfizer embarked on a campaign to intimidate the public into getting the vaccine as necessary as a necessary measure to protect their loved ones. Um, is it goes on? It's really small. It's hard to read, but there's also a 50-page petition. I won't read that to you either, um, but it's a page turner. Uh, there are five different counts um, that Paxton is bringing against Pfizer here. So count one, misreads misrepresentations concerning relative risk reduction, count two, misrepresentations concerning durability of protection, count three, misrepresentations concerning transmission, count four, misrepresentations concerning protection against variants, and count five, scheme to conceal vaccine underperformance. Um, So it's about time that something is happening with these COVID vaccines. Thank you, Ken Paxton. He seems to really be the only one, along with a, you know, a couple others like Aaron Siri, that are going against these pharmaceutical companies. The mRNA products have injured and killed, and Pfizer and Moderna committed massive fraud in their clinical trials. And this is going to be proven in court. Hopefully, they'll get their day in court. Um, but they lied to the public, and they're still lying to us. There's still commercials out there telling you to get your uh, COVID booster along with your RSV and your flu shot. There's commercials still telling pregnant women to get this shot. I mean, this is this is awful. We need to call on all of our elected officials. You know, that's never going to happen. But we need these elected officials to stand up and call for them to be taken off the market. These are dangerous. Um, I'm really excited to see where this goes. I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on it, and I'm hoping the discovery is going to be crazy, and I'm hoping that Big Pharma is pooping their pants right now. Um, all right. We're going to talk about Dr. Peter Hotez. Um, he's a schmuck. Um, he's claiming that experts are predicting disease X is coming, which will be 20 times worse than COVID. So he says here, so I'm very worried that we as a nation haven't made that commitment to really fully protect the American people. We have a likelihood that a new pandemic threats, um, we have a likelihood that new pandemic threats that people call them disease X are going to be rising on a regular basis. COVID-19 is just the warm-up act. The next pandemic may not be as severe, but it could be much more severe, he added. Disease X is a placeholder name that was adopted by the World Health Organization in February 2018 on their short list of blueprint priority diseases to represent a hypothetical unknown pathogen that could cause a future epidemic. It is a potential disease that could cause a global pandemic and scientists are working to identify and prepare for it. The WHO does not know what disease X is or what it could look like, but they are concerned that it could arise at any time. So here, here we go again. Peter Hotez is the same clown who said that the unvaccinated are out there killing people, you know, among other ridiculous claims that he's made. We all need to understand that these pandemics or crises allow emergency powers to bypass our constitution. So there will always be another crisis to control us and to maintain their control over us. And they, they use this, these government powers, these emergency powers to take away our rights. You know, this, of course, is just in time for election season. And until we all collectively say no to this nonsense, it's just going to keep happening. There's always going to be another disease, another emergency, another issue where we have to be locked in our homes, forced to get vaccinations or medical procedures or drugs to have a life, go to work, make money. We cannot let them do this to us again. 
Like, and I can, I can see this happening. There's this pneumonia supposedly going on over in China right now. I can see that making its way over here next year. And then the whole world's going to go crazy and the panic and fear is going to just make its way through our culture again. And, and, you know, we're going to be right back into where we were with COVID. And you know dang well that Biden will do whatever he could possibly do to lock us down, shut businesses, usher in this new world order, um, digital banking currency system nonsense. You know, if it's not this, it'll be climate change. If it's not climate change, it will be, you know, mass riots or, you know, the economic collapse. It will be something. And I think next year is going to be absolutely crazy. So, okay, more on pharma because, you know, they just can't stop uh, ruining people's lives. The pharmaceutical company Moderna hired a former FBI agent to put Elon Musk, Russell Brand, and Novak Djokovic, don't know who that is, he's a tennis star who refused to get the vaccine, put them on a high-risk watch list because they spoke out against the COVID vaccine. It says, Moderna has hired a former FBI agent to compile internal company reports about high-risk celebrities, including tennis star Novak Djokovic, tech mogul Elon Musk, and actor Russell Brand, who have been publicly critical of vaccine mandates, according to a report. A Boston-based pharmaceutical company, which marketed one of the first mRNA vaccines against COVID-19 that was distributed to tens of millions of Americans during the coronavirus pandemic is said to be employing a team of former law enforcement officials who make up a disinformation department that keeps track of anti-vaccine sediment. So I'm probably on that list. Um, probably all my friends are on that list. But this this is crazy. So like, what actions is Moderna, is Moderna thinking of taking here? Like, what are, what are their plans to do with these people on these lists? Um, this is some serious, sinister Orwellian nonsense. He, this, this whole thing, these lists and trying to bully people to silence them is designed to in, intimidate people into keeping their mouth shut. Um, if these vaccines were so good as they claim, then why would they be worried about any criticism? They would speak for themselves. It's because they're injuring and killing people. And the more people that find out about it, the more money Big Pharma loses. Um, unfortunately, Pharma runs this country along with other big corporations like the food industry. They poison us without any repercussions. And this, this all needs to be shut down, but the government is owned by all these companies. You know, it just makes me sick to my stomach that there's this level of corruption in our country. I mean, this is, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I'd never realized how deep it went. Oh, speaking of corruption, let's talk about masks. Um, I am not a fan of masks. I will do everything in my power to not wear them. Um, even at work, but, um, so I hate masks. I was one of the a-holes in the store throughout the entire pandemic that refused to wear one and got all the dirty looks. Um, I also went the wrong way down the aisles, you know, just to piss people off because that's how I am. But, um, I only got in one fight though. Not, not too bad. Only one fight with one woman. She tried to intimidate me for not wearing a mask and going down the wrong direction in the aisle at Price Chopper. Um, she did not like what I had to say. And in hindsight, I could have been a little more graceful about it, but you know, you're going to come at me and attack me. I'm, I'm going to match your energy. So, um, that didn't end well for her. Um, plus I have really good, like resting, uh, bee face. And a lot of times I'm with my husband who's quite large. So people didn't really say too much stuff to us. You know, the, the dirty looks, of course, um, and people like making a huge, like walking way around us, you know, because we're, we don't have a mask on. So we're immediately like, you know, we're infected and we're just spreading our diseases everywhere because we decided to breathe fresh air. I mean, it's just crazy. Um, Masks don't work. I don't know how many times I've said this and how many arguments I've been in with people over masks. They don't work. I've been saying this from the beginning, and I keep getting proven right. So, um, hold on. I got to find my screenshot. I don't know what I did with it. Give me just a second here. Um, I, let's see. 
So, okay, right here. Key and sorry, I'm usually more prepared than this. I'm not prepared this week. I apologize. Um, so this is reporting by the Vigilant Fox. It says, we were told that masks save lives, but it turns out the exact opposite is true. <gasps> no way. Okay. A study from Norway uncovered a higher likelihood of COVID-19 infections among individuals who regularly wore masks compared to those who didn't. Key insights from the study. This startling outcome emerged from a detailed analysis involving 3,209 participants monitored over a 17-day period for their mask usage habits. A notable increase in COVID-19 positivity was observed among frequent mask users from 8.6 in rare mask wearers to over 15% in consistent users. Adjustments for various factors revealed a 33 to 40% elevated infection rate in regular mask wearers, although further adjustments suggested a more modest 4% increase. This information was compiled by an article written by the Epic Times. And if you don't have a subscription to the Epic Times, you should because they do fantastic unbiased reporting. All right, that was a side note. Um, in my opinion, masks were never meant to work. It was a way for them to control us, to give the illusion of feeling safe, you know, even though they did nothing to protect people. Um, but it made people feel like they were doing something to protect themselves. And they're honestly just making themselves sicker. Um, even Fauci said in the beginning that masks don't work. And to me, it was a way to get people to, you know, to follow orders. And there's just something that's so inhumane about people covering their faces. Like it just, it really bothers me. I was very adamant about the the not mask wearing thing. Um, it just, I feel like people covering their their breathing holes, and then you have no interaction with other people it's just so it's it's not good it's not good especially in hospitals with patients and when i was working at a small hospital that i left um six eight months ago i was really sick of the mask thing because i i did wear it at work to keep my job um but i was kind of an a-hole about it. <laughs> I'm sure you're all shocked. But I printed out this study that was done about how mask wearing affects patients in the hospital, one for their health and two for their mental emotional health. And I printed out that article and I strategically scattered it all around the hospital. Um, I didn't think I got caught, but apparently I did. But that's not why I left. <laughs> I didn't. I did not get fired for that. But that's you know my passive aggressive way of <laughs> you know taking matters into my own hands and calling out this freaking ridiculousness. I can't stand the mask stuff. I'm sorry. I just it bothers me. And this should have been common sense all along. Covering your breathing holes is not healthy for you, and it does nothing to stop the virus particles from going through your stupid mask, especially the cloth masks. Like, okay, you've got a little bit of an argument with an N95, but you can't breathe in a freaking N95. You cannot wear that thing all the time. Like, I get claustrophobic, and I want to scream, and I sweat, and my heart rate goes up. I can't freaking take it. Um, But, sorry, off on another tangent. But, Wearing a mask over your breathing holes is a breeding ground for bacteria, and yet there's still so many people that are doing this. Like I see them all over the place. The worst thing is when I see a mask on a little kid. Like stop, stop covering your children's nose and mouth with these masks. It is insane. Whew, okay. I'm sure that the mask mandates are going to make a comeback next year with, you know, disease X. And I'm sure I'll be in the minority of people not wearing them again. But it is it is what it is. Let's hope it doesn't happen. But if I had to take a guess or a bet, then I would say yes, they will make a comeback for next year. So, all right, moving on. Let me get back to my screenshots here. So Vivek Ramaswamy. You know, everyone loves R Vivek Ramaswamy. I think he's a fraud. I think he is... I think he's a complete fraud. I was going to say other things, but I'll be nice. Um, a new uh, report came out 
on Vivek Ramaswamy that uh, he supported COVID segregation. So this is Pedro Gonzalez reporting on this. Uh, I'll read some of this to you. I don't know if I'm going to read the whole thing, but this is from Vivek. Could we tolerate a national system in which certain people on the basis of a biomarker are segregated? That sounds like an excerpt from a science fiction novel about medical dystopia, but it's a quote from Vivek Ramaswamy, the biopharma entrepreneur and Republican presidential candidate. In April 2020, the U.S. went into lockdown. Ramaswamy said he would be open to that kind of system to determine who could go back to normal life. He described it as an inequity, but concluded that everyone stands to benefit from it. Ramaswamy made the comments during an episode of Rockefeller Client Insights, the podcast of Rockefeller Capital Management. Um, during the podcast, Ramaswamy talked about different aspects of the coronavirus outbreak with Gregory J. Fleming, the president and CEO of Rockefeller Capital Management. Fleming asked him what a path to normalcy might look like, given what he described as a potentially extended timeline for the rollout of vaccines and treatments. The country was then more than 15 days into 15 days to slow the spread. Thank you, Trump. One path to normalcy and path that I'd like to see further progress made is a broad rollout of our antibody tests, Ramaswamy said. He corrected himself and then continued. It's not our company, I'm saying. It's, it's not our company. I'm saying as a society, rolling out the antibody tests such that we actually get our arms around what portion of the population is already immune through exposures that they may not have even known that they had. It might be 10%. It might be 20%. We might discover that it is some higher number. Those people are going to be able to get back to work pretty quickly and get back to normal life because effectively they have an immunity badge. They have a badge in the form of their antibodies that protect them best, we know, from reinfection. On the flip side, you then have the people who don't have immunity. And the question is, those who are negative on antibody tests, what happens with them? Now, this has been, I've had discussions in the last few days with policymakers and a couple of people in Congress, one U.S. senator, and I think that it is not lost on folks. But I think one early topic that's come up is we could tolerate a national system in which certain people, based on the um, basis of a biomarker, are segregated. To say you can't go back to normal life where certain people get a, to say you can't go back to normal life where people get a head start. Is that an equity that we, is that an inequity that we would tolerate? Sorry, guys, can't read today. I personally think that it's better that the, stat the status quo, if we could send 10 to 20% of the people back on the basis of having immunity that's proven on the basis of lab-based result that's now available. That's a good thing, and everyone stands to benefit from it. Um, so basically, Vivek Ramaswamy wanted to segregate the people and if you've had COVID and you have antibodies, then you can go back to work. If you didn't or you can't prove it, then you need to stay locked down. Um, that's crazy. <laughs> that's, you want to talk about going backwards. Um, segregation is not okay. Um, so he also proposed a public-private partnership whose stakeholders could be a division of government, a private company, or a nonprofit that would maintain a registry of individuals who are immune and individuals who should be prioritized for testing. He tried to push. He tried to push something like this um, with his healthcare data com company, Datavant, in 2020. It says several health. Healthcare and software companies are seeking to create a registry of COVID-19 patients by pooling medical records from across the country, aiming to study how the disease is spreading, which population groups are most vulnerable, and how effective proposed treatments are. Um, San Francisco-based Datavant, Inc., which specializes in compiling medical data from a variety of sources, began spearheading one such effort in late March and... Um, Luckily, that didn't happen. So Vivek is a snake, and I like how that rhymes. <laughs> um, he says a lot of things that people want to hear. He says a lot of right things, like disbanding the FBI and all that stuff. I don't believe a word this guy says. He has flip-flopped on so many issues. Um, I don't trust him. at. I don't trust him at all. In another little side note, um, Jared Kushner you know, Trump's son-in-law, is close friends with Vivek Ramaswamy. They dine together apparently all the time at Trump's golf clubs. And uh, they pushed 
a national coronavirus surveillance system around the same time together. Like they were working together um, with this COVID-19 database thing. Make of that what you will. But anyone who wants my personal health information for a government database to turn around and to allow me to enjoy my God-given rights is completely disqualified from being president. Like, you know, you don't get to be president of our country. No, <laughs> just just no. We need to get away from these databases and collecting personal information. I don't know how that's going to happen, but, you know, get off of TikTok, turn your phone off, don't have cameras in your house. I know everything's listening. I know I sound like a crazy person who uh, is living in a bunker, but it's true. We all know it. Um, it's just, you know, how how secluded you're willing to live at this point. So, all right. On to the debate. Um, what? Uh, so, on to the debate, the Trump stuff, um, what's going on in Trump world, and uh, I got in a little back and forth with Chad Prather, and then we've got all this MAGA cult stuff. Uh, man, it has just been, it's been a crazy week. It's always a crazy week now, especially with the elections coming up. MAGA's lost their damn minds. Um, all right. So first, the debate. So this debate pissed off a ton of people. It pissed off all the right people. The MAGA people claimed that it was dumb and they weren't going to watch it, but then they could not stop talking about it, could not stop tweeting about it. Um, I think this was the debate that America needed. It was red state versus blue state, free state versus communist state, not free state, whatever you want to call California. Um, it was a debate on conservative values versus the progressive policies that Gavin Newsom is implementing in California. This is the debate that we all needed to hear. And DeSantis destroyed Newsom. He handed him his ass. It was fantastic. That was a side of DeSantis that I've never seen before. And he needs to bring more of that out. It was it was great. Um, DeSantis articulated his points, his conservative points. He had facts. He had the truth. He had his results. And he also had some really funny props, which was great. Um, he held up this book. Uh, I think it's called Gender Queer. I don't know a lot about these these books. Um, but the, I guess the book is called Gender Queer. It has some child pornography in it. And Newsom is allowing this book in his schools, elementary schools in California. And that's one of the books that they're claiming Ron DeSantis, uh, quote unquote, banned in Florida. None of these books are actually banned. They're just not allowed in the school library and not part of the curriculum. And all the leftists and even some of the MAGA people want to claim that like these books are banned. Like you can't go on Amazon and freaking order them. Like you're a sicko if you're ordering child pornography books, but you still have that ability. They're just not in the schools. Um, anyway, sorry, I went off on tangent. Um, so he had he held that up in front of DeSantis, which was great. He had his props. He had some other props that we'll talk about. Um, but he, oh, he, he also had a printout. I'll talk about one of the other props. Yeah, at towards the end, he also had a printout of this poop app, like human human feces map. I guess there's an app that you can use, and it will like map out all the places where there's human feces in California. Um, so DeSantis printed out a picture of San Francisco and held it up, and the whole entire thing was brown. Like there's so much human poop all over California. I mean, it was it was hilarious. Gavin Newsom's face was just too much. It was too much. Um all right. He did it he did a fantastic job. Um and now we know why Trump won't debate DeSantis cuz that would be an absolute train wreck. We needed the debate on COVID and lockdowns and what they did to us and Trump will never do that. He just won't. He'll get destroyed. Um, Newsom was even defending Trump on COVID against DeSantis, which is not a good look for Newsom or Trump. Um, 
But man, MAGA has, has really been siding with Newsom over DeSantis, which is just crazy. There's almost this merger between the leftists and MAGA right now against DeSantis. And it it's insane. I don't understand what is happening to MAGA and Trump supporters. Mostly MAGA, I refer to as the MAGA cult. Yes, there's Trump supporters who are unaware of all the nonsense that Trump is doing because they just listen to like Fox News and Dan Bongino and the Con Inc. types, and they don't talk about all the bad shit that Trump is doing and all of his, in his inner circle, like Laura Loomer and Roger Stone. They don't talk about all this stuff. They they leave that part out. Um, so I don't know who needs to hear. Well, actually, I do. Actually, I do. MAGA Trump supporters need to hear this. Trump is not a conservative. He's getting endorsements from people like Bruce slash Caitlyn Jenner and most recently BLM. And I did talk about this on my podcast. I think it was last week. But this is from right from Donald Trump. Spoke with Mark Fisher yesterday, a great guy, very honored to have his and BLM's support. I have done more for black people than any other president. And he puts Lincoln in question mark. Come on. Um, Including a 10-year funding for historically black colleges and universities where they had none, opportunity zones, criminal justice reform. Yes, you let all the criminals out of jail with the First Step Act and much more. Thank you to Mark. So he literally says he's honored to have BLM's endorsement. Like, that's crazy, right? Why why are we compromising on our values, our conservative values? BLM rioted all summer long, burning down businesses, Black-owned businesses, destroying cities. And now Trump is happy to have their support? You've got to be kidding me. And of course, all of MAGA, all of the MAGA call is making excuses for this. Oh, well, this will get us the Black vote. It is never okay to compromise on our conservative values and our Christian values to because because one man says it's okay. Like this is ridiculous. Uh, whew, sorry, went off on another tangent. This stuff gets me heated up. Um, anyways, Trump was letting back to how Trump is not a conservative. Trump was letting men compete in the Miss Universe pageants. He, like he's now all of a sudden pro choice. He has bashed DeSantis on his six-week heartbeat bill, saying it's too extreme when Trump was supposed to be the most pro-life president we've ever had. You know, this is is nonsense. Trump is a freaking psyop. It's all about breaking apart the conservative movement and dividing us to compromise on our beliefs and what it means to be a conservative and what it means to be a Christian, too. Okay, sorry. Back to the debate. Um, right in the beginning, Gav or um, DeSantis came out, and the, Sean Hannity's first question to them was, uh, "Why are people moving from California to Florida?" And of course, Newsom just doesn't answer the question and goes off on this tangent about something completely different. But DeSantis came out. And said, you know, I was talking to this guy and he feels safer in Florida. His taxes are better. His money goes farther. You know, it's like walking into an entirely different country, you know, compared to California. And then DeSantis turns around and it was your father-in-law, Gavin Newsom. Like, hilarious. Like, there's no coming back after that. That was so good. Um, I do remember hearing about that that uh, Gavin Newsom's in-laws moved to Florida to get out of California because it was so bad. I mean, like, there's you don't get much worse than that. You don't get much worse than that. Um, so he did great. Uh, after the debate, you know, DeSantis is working on his trolling. It's pretty funny. Um, after the debate, DeSantis released these California walking socks. I mean, they're just these socks and they're brown, but it's hilarious. It says, thinking about visiting California, you're going to need to put on a pair of these. Order your California walking socks before you're dodging feces in San Francisco. Like, just funny. And it's true. It's funny shit. Like, literally. Funny shit. Um, So good. So DeSantis was a clear winner. So much so much so that Sean Hannity asked them both if they wanted to keep going and stay on. And Newsom said yes. DeSantis said yes. But Newsom's wife walks out onto the set and says, 
that Newsom's done. Like she threw in the towel, they're done. She was done washing her. Um, are they married? Are they? I don't know. Is his girlfriend or his wife? I don't know. But she was done watching him get destroyed and be made a mockery of. Um, so yikes, that is embarrassing. Um, and now Newsom's being a you know a, a normal leftist, and he's saying that DeSantis cheated. During the debate, like, how do you cheat on a live debate? I, of course, of course, we got to claim cheating. Um, goodness gracious. All right. <clears throat> Moving on to the Trump stuff. Oh, the Trump stuff. So Trump has had a bad week. You know, he's got the, the BLM endorsement. He's been awful quiet since the debate, which is very unlike him. Um, a federal appeals court has ruled that Trump Trump can be sued for inciting the January 6th crowd. Um, and students for Trump um, founder, Ryan Fournier, Fournier, I really don't know how to say his last name, he was arrested for pistol whipping his girlfriend. Like, shush, that's not good. That's not good. He, um, you know, as I've said before, he only surrounds himself with the best people. You know, on top of that, we have this Stephen Chung character. He works for the Trump campaign. Um, this is just bizarre. This was right before the debate. He says, kiss of death, Ron DeSantis is thirsty AF. Um, <laughs> Ron DeSanctimonious, I'm so stupid. I'm so tired of the nicknames. It's ridiculous. Um, is acting more like a thirsty, third-rate OnlyFans wannabe model than an, than an actual presidential candidate. Um Gosh, instead of actually campaigning and trying to turn his dismal poll numbers, DeSantis is now so desperate for attention, he's debating a grade A loser like Gavin Newsom. At the debate, Ron will flail his arms and bobby his head wildly, looking more like a San Francisco crackhead than the governor of Florida. This isn't a prediction, it's a spoiler. Well, Stephen, your spoiler was wrong. Um, hopefully for Ron, it's a seated debate. So you won't have to mash his foot into his high heels to look taller. But if not, he'll definitely be on a 12-inch step stool so he can peek right above the podium. Uh, this is just stupid. This is just stupid. The shit that Trump's camp says about DeSantis, like his freaking cowboy boots and picking on his height, which he's 5'11". I mean, that's not short. It, this is just freaking ridiculous. This is nonsense. I can't stand this stuff. Um, let me got crazy ass Laura Loomer coming out and she is attacking moms for liberty. Um, let me pull this up for you here too. I thought I saved this screenshot, but apparently I'm terrible at prep today and saving screenshots. Uh, where's crazy Laura Loomer? Okay. She says moms for liberty, liberty, seems to have a lot of sexual deviance around their inner circle. What a weird group. But if you recall, I raised the red flags about this group months ago. Between Esther Byrd, Casey DeSantis, and Bridget Ziegler, Moms for Liberty is pretty screwed up. Like, Moms for Liberty is not screwed up. She's a complete psychopath. I, I can't stand her. I, I just can't stand her. She's the biggest liar, and she's just an evil evil woman. Um, you know, what, what the heck is happening over in Trump world? It, it's a complete disaster. I honestly don't, I don't know anymore. I don't know how people can support Trump and his group of morons anymore. We, we just need to move on. We need to move on from this nonsense. Um, so a couple of days ago, I get in this back and forth on Twitter with Chad Prather if you don't know who Chad Prather is, he's quote unquote, the conservative cowboy. Um, he's got a show on blaze. He's not a terrible person, but you see with con Inc and a, a lot of blaze TV, unfortunately, that none of these people will go after Trump and the things that he's done or hold him accountable for everything. They'll talk about the issues that Trump caused, but they won't hold Trump accountable for it. So, Chad Prather, did I not save this too? Well, I'm doing a terrible job today, guys. I'm sorry. Um, let me pull this up here. Chad Prather talked about 
the the Ken Paxton going after Pfizer. Uh, do, 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 do. Let's see. Okay. So Chad Prather. Sorry, guys. Next time I'll do better. Um, so Chad Prather posts, he, he shares Attorney Gen- General Ken Paxton's information about suing Pfizer. And he says, the vaccines are the greatest fraud and scam ever foistered on the American people in history, in the history of this country, expose the hell out of them. So I happened to be listening to the news and why it matters well, just about a month ago. And Chad Prather was on it and they were talking about people voting for Bobby Kennedy because of his medical freedom stance. And Chad Prather goes off on this rant about how we just all need to move on and forgive Trump. And he'll say he's sorry for him. And I have the audio. I will play it for you. So me not being able to keep out of things, I didn't think he was going to respond to my comment. But I said, I said that you said on Sarah's show that we all need to just forgive Trump and move on. So I will play the audio for you of what he said. I hope you can hear it. Um, because I I had receipts. I was going to bring the receipts. Right. Last word. Vote for RFK. Yeah, look, okay, look. Hey, listen, if you're mad about what Trump did with the, with yeah, the please. warp speed, get over it. Get over it. Right. He made a mistake. I'll apologize for him. He's sorry, okay? Don't also, vote for RFK. Also, like, it, I'm going to be clear with you. It- okay. So I posted that under my comment. Um, he was not too happy with me. He said that his comment was tongue-in-cheek. I don't know. It didn't sound very tongue-in-cheek to me. He says, you took a tongue-in-cheek comment out of context. I could have, I guess, made the recording longer, but that's disingenuous and uh, disingenuous and you know it. Garbage take. I've blasted Trump consistently and constantly on this issue. Do better. I've never heard him blast Trump for this at all. He just apologized for him. And I said, I replied with, you said it, Chad. Didn't sound tongue-in-cheek to me. I literally played your words back to you. Um, he basically calls me garbage again. And then I played it out of context. Um, I actually didn't think he was going to respond to me because I'm a nobody. Um, he said that I was reaching. And <laughs> I'm like, okay. And so I said, you, sh- you should do better. Trump back the vaccines that you despise so much, but why are you still giving him a pass? Why? And of course, you know, there is no comment about that. Um, I just don't understand how especially people that know Pfizer's corruption and are so against these vaccines as much as I am can turn around and be like Trump 2024 like stop it like where are your where are your morals where are your beliefs like stand for something stand for something we're do you you don't think Trump would do this again to us like come on he failed covid miserably. Why are we giving this man another chance? He still has not come out and told the truth about it. You know, forgiveness, you you don't get forgiveness without accountability. And Trump will never take any accountability and he will never apologize. So in my book, he does not get a pass and therefore he should never be president again. Um, And not to mention he's got 91 indictments. So the chances of him becoming the president are pretty freaking slim. So can we just please move on when we have a perfectly great candidate with conservative values with results right in front of us and we are freaking schmucks if we're going to pass that up. Like (laughs) we we have the country we freaking deserve. Um, All right. Enough of my rants about Trump and you know all the nonsense. You're going to get that every week because every week there's something crazy happening in the Trump world. Um, but in other news, uh, pro Hamas and or you know I call them pro Hamas, pro Palestinian protesters, whatever. They mopped the tree lighting ceremony ceremony in Rockefeller Center in New York City. Like this is supposed to be a family friendly event. Um, well, it was supposed to be. And um, these people are just BLM under a different name, under a different flag. Um, this is shameful that this is happening all over our country in all these cities where these people are just destroying stuff for free Palestine. Like, 
then go over there. Then you go to you go free Palestine. Like just stop. It's ridiculous. I'm so sick of this shit. Um, wow, I swear I was swearing a lot today too. Goodness gracious, Jenna. All right. So that does it for my news for today. You know, all in all, it was a pretty slow news week, which is different. Um, but for my Christian segment or Jesus segment or Bible segment of this week, I'm going to read you this post that I saw on Facebook. I, I'm honestly trying to stay off of Facebook. I loathe it. Um, but I saw this post on Facebook by a so-called truther. Um, so-called Christian. I mean, get get a load of this. The Christmas tree is a disgusting phallic symbol of ancient Nimrod's penis. The wreath is a fertility symbol of a woman's vagina. And did you really need to put woman's vagina on there? As far as I know, the only people that have vaginas are women. Um, Anyways, ancient Babylonian pagan customs from Babylon that Rome continued as a custom and had worshipped for thousands of years. Israel is warned and ordered to utterly detest. You are set apart for destruction if you observe this and bring it into your home. If we did not love you, we would not warn you. Okay, so this girl is warning all of us Christians that if we bring a Christmas tree into our home, then we are worshiping a penis. And then the wreath I have hanging on my door is worshiping some historical vagina. I (laughs) can't. Oh my gosh. So this is just another reason why I left this truther movement. Um, they're batshit crazy. Uh, just because you put up a tree, which is not a penis, and just because you hang up a wreath, which is not a vagina, does not mean you're a pagan or you're worshiping the devil. This is so stupid. Um, I had to block so many people on Facebook for this type of nonsense. Um, these type of people are... Thieves of joy and happiness. Do not let them steal your joy, especially this time of year, because this stuff is just plain dumb. And I had one of my friends ask me if I would do a podcast on on why I left the truther movement and all the crazy stuff that they come up with. Like in the beginning, it was good because we were like investigating COVID and um, vaccines and the pharmaceutical companies, you know, and the FDA and the CDC and uh, big food with the GMOs. And I was like, we were, we were, that was the truth or movement. It was bringing this stuff to light based in fact, but now it's taken on a whole new, like just a whole new entity of these people have gone like down the rabbit hole and they got stuck there. And they have not come up for sunlight or oxygen in years, and it's showing. And I just, I can't, like, I just, I, I just need to just leave them alone and continue to keep blocking all these crazy people. But honestly, I get a good laugh out of it sometimes because I'm like, geez, where do you even come up with this stuff? Like, oh my Lord. So, all right, that is pretty much it for today. Uh, I also want to talk about quick to shell shock CBD. It's a veteran-owned company owned by John Burke and his co-worker, Josh. They have a great podcast called The All-American Savage Show. John's girlfriend, Sheila, is awesome. She sent me these bath salts a couple weeks ago. And with uh, the job I do, I'm a sonographer. It you know, hurts my back. It hurts my wrist. It hurts my shoulder. hurts my neck. Um, it's a very demanding job. I've been doing it for almost 20 years, and my body it hurts. It hurts, especially towards the end of the week when I'm scanning, you know, 12 to 15 patients a day. Um, so Thursday night I got home, my back was just killing me. Uh, I still worked out quick cause that's just what I do. Um, worked out quick and I'm like, Oh, I'm like, I have this, uh, the CBD bath salts. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to soak in the CBD bath salts get a little detox going on. I got out of that tub and oh, I slept like a baby. My back didn't hurt at all. It was I'm like, whew. It's it's got CBD in it plus, you know, your um your Epsom salts, your, your magnesium and all that stuff. 
It's so good. So good. Highly recommend. You don't need a lot of it either. Um, and it smells really good too. It smells really good too. So um, use uh, promo code JNORMAN. J as in the first letter of my first name. And then my last name, Norman, as in Norman Bates, um, for a discount, J Norman. And then I also want to give a shout out to my friend, Kevin Crater. He has his own podcast called The Kevin Crater Show. I was thinking about doing a podcast, kind of put the feelers out on Facebook, got a lot of replies telling me to do it, just jump in and do it. And then Kevin had reached out to me. We had we had been friends on Facebook for a while, especially through all the COVID craziness. Um, he said, come on my show, come on my show and we'll talk politics, you know, and talk about the, your medical freedom stuff and all that kind of stuff. So I did. And I was like, that was fun. Like, I really like that. Um, and he had me back for a second episode to talk about my addiction story. Um, which yes, I still plan on doing a big episode on my addiction story, which will be rated R. I just haven't had time to like put all my thoughts together on that yet. Cause it was about almost 20 years of drug abuse, being wild, having sex with all the people. It was a nightmare. It was a mess. And I've got to like gather my thoughts and kind of be in the right mindset to get, to get that podcast up and going. Um, but I will, I promise I'll do that and it will be the best selling novel. Um, someone will write a book about it and it will be, it will be great. Um, anyways, I want to give a shout out to my friend, Kevin. Go listen to his podcast. He's got great content over there. He's much better than me. Um, he actually helped me get all of this set up. So I owe him a ton, but go check out Kevin's podcast and we should do another, um, compilation between me and him, especially getting up closer to the debates because we don't agree on everything and that's okay. He's still my friend. He's a great man of God. Um, great podcast. Go give him a listen, The Kevin Crater Show. And that's pretty much all I have for you today, my friends. Um, I swore a lot, went off on a few tangents, got lost. Um, I did smoke a little before I started this podcast. That's probably why I'm going off on all the tangents today. But anyways, I hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your weekend. And I will see you next time on The Next Generation.